Welcome to Des and Marco. I'm Jay and I'll be your host for today for this special episode of Des versus Marco. First, let's meet our competitors. I am Des, host of the show usually, but now competitor number one supreme. And I'm Marco. In my free time, I like to re- review TV shows and drink beer. All right, great guys. Well, here's how it's going to work today. We've got three rounds, news, movies and shows, and a wild card round. I'll ask you questions and you guys can kind of take it from there. I'll be arbitrarily awarding points for giving correct answers or what I think is a correct answer because we don't do research on this show. And uh, if you make points that are maybe particularly funny or insightful or informative. But uh, before we get started with the questions, should we introduce our beers? Uh, Yes, I'll go first again. So I don't know what I'm drinking. It's a spicy triple. And the reason why it's spicy is because it's got mustard in it. What? (laughs) Yeah, don't ask. That's so Dennis. That's so Dennis. So it's a hoop. Levin drinking from a brewery here in Amsterdam. Please click on the link because I can't read Dutch and I have no idea what this says. So I'll do some research post show and I'll tell you more about the brewery through that link. But uh, otherwise, yeah, it's a mustard triple style beer. How about you, Marco? Keeping with the summer theme, I have a sexy New England IPA on the beach by the Zout Craft Brewery here in the Netherlands. They're from Maastricht and on the bottle, it says our brewer went crazy and added shitloads of fresh white peaches, zesty oranges, fruity cranberries, and creamy vanilla for that smooth finishing touch. And what about you, Jay? So today I'm drinking a, it's called Radler by Two Pitchers Brewing. It's a, a brewery based out of Oakland here in the Bay Area. I like to bring some Bay Area or California beers to the show. You might think it's called Two Pitchers Brewing because of like a pitcher of beer. But in fact, this brewery was started by two failed baseball prospects. So hopefully they're better at making beer than they are at actually pitching. Hopefully. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Oh, wow. This is so fruity. Oh, God. This is going to be difficult. All right, so um, round one. First round is the news, as usual. And the first question I have for you guys is this. Andreessen Horowitz, a venture capital firm, just invested a whopping $350 million, their biggest check ever, for a yet-to-launch real estate company called Flow, headed by this larger-than-life CEO. Who is it? Jeff Bezos. Warren Buffett. <laughs> All right. 0 for 2, guys. How do we buzz Come in? On. <laughs> uh, I think you're doing great by yelling at me. <laughs> <laughs> yelling it is. All right. So how many points have I got? So far, you guys didn't get the answer right. Do you have a, any clue on, on uh, who this larger-than-life CEO is who may or may not have just had a television show based on the collapse of his former company. The guy from WeWork. That's worth half a point. (laughs) Jared Leto. (laughs) 
Or is it the Japanese guy? Like the guy from SoftBank? So you're both right. It's, it's Adam Newman, the former founder of WeWork, who was played by Jared Leto in the show We Crashed. Either of you guys watched the We Crash show? I watched the first episode, but fell asleep through most of it. So I watched like the beginning and the end of the first episode. Very good though. Any plans to finish it? Eventually. Yeah. Is it a series or is it a movie? It's a series. It's on Apple. I'm not an Apple TV Plus mega customer, so I will have to sail the high seas to have a look. Well, I, I do uh, recommend the show. I watched it. It was pretty good. But are you guys familiar with the story at all of We Crash and the, sort of the downfall of WeWork? I was fascinated with it. When it all unfolded and unraveled, it was mesmerizing. So what do you make of, of this venture capital firm investing $350 million into Adam Newman again? Is it genius or is it disaster? I think it's disaster, but I think he's one of these people who, you know, like all publicity is good publicity. I think he's a name that people recognize in those circles. And I think people will be like, this is that guy's latest venture. Let's take a look. 350 million is, you know, to me and you, a ton of money. But for these venture capitalists, it's maybe not that risky an investment. All right. Uh, are you guys ready for question two? Based on how question one went, I'm optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. All right. Moving into more of um, American politics here. Among other things, the Inflation Reduction Act that was just signed by U.S. President Joe Biden changes which electric vehicles are eligible for tax credits in the U.S. What part of the bill has automakers rethinking how they build their batteries? I remember this was semi-controversial because at first they were only going to give like incentives to car makers made as part of the auto union. I'm not entirely sure about the battery tech, but is it something like they have to be assembled in the States? Yeah, that's actually correct, Des. Um, well, almost correct. So uh, batteries must be built in North America with minerals mined or recycled on the continent in order to qualify. Okay, that explains why Tesla was pretty happy and European manufacturer were not. Yeah, I, I was looking into it and it seems that only about a dozen or so cars qualify today. And it could take many years for, for these supply chains to change. Do you think that this has the potential to do more harm than good when it comes to increasing adoption and reaching our global climate goals because of the delays it'll take in um, bringing more electric vehicles to the market? I guess yes, but I think regulation is the one thing which is really going to push the adoption of these things. Now, I know you're based in North America, but like in Europe, the biggest incentive to EV adoption has been the, the European government saying that emissions need to be essentially zero by 2035. So if it wasn't for these regulations, there would be no, let's say, incentive to like build the supply chain and the infrastructure in North America because you just outsource it to the cheaper countries. So I personally think that, you know, you need some regulation. Especially if all vehicles made in North America or with batteries made in North America are eligible for this, we're sort of putting the infrastructure under pressure to improve. Tesla's really famous for its supercharger network but 
if you're outside of that network, there's not that much choice in the US nowadays. So hopefully a bill like this will push whoever it is to improve the infrastructure. And eventually we're going to reach a tipping point where more electric vehicles will be sold. Do you think that consumers still need tax credits to be incentivized to go for EVs these days? Or are they good enough? Like, have we already tipped over? I don't know in the US, but I'll tell you this. I am currently in the market to buy an electric car and I would very much like an incentive. (laughs) Here in the Netherlands, like incentives are very limited in terms of the car cannot cost X amount of uh, euro, which leaves a lot of cars out of the list, especially because electric cars are still pretty expensive. Going back to this bill, I'm pretty interested to see how a battery will be made in the US or sourced from recycled materials because I was reading. So basically, most of the cobalt comes from Africa. Most of the lithium comes comes from South America. So that's going to be interesting. Based on the pretty limited amount of research that I did for this, it seems like a lot of it's about freezing out China from the supply chain as well. Yeah, because they're buying most of the mines in, in Africa. Yeah. Well, Marco, I gave you a point just as an extra incentive for playing this game. No. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Let me do a quick tally here of the points in round one for news. We've got Marco with two and a half points. He got half a point for correctly identifying Jared Leto as Adam Newman. (laughs) And we've got Dez with three and a half points. I thought I got the point for yelling at you. That was a minus half point. You know what? I'm going to take your half point away, Marco. Can I have it, please? You look really nice today, Jay. Oh, all right. Des, you're up to four, and Marco, you're down to two. I like the scoring system. <laughs> you guys ready for round two? This is uh, movies and shows. Round two. Go for it. Okay. Well, how about first, I know you each came with a recommendation for a movie or show. Why don't you tell me what, what your recommendation is? And who knows, there may be points awarded for a good recommendation. Okay, I will go first again. So I mentioned this recently. Basically on Disney+, Plus, there is a TV series which is essentially a spin-off from the movie of the same name called What We Do in the Shadows. And um, it started off as like a quirky offbeat comedy of what would it be like if vampires live today in like New Zealand where not much happens. And anyway, this concept has been reworked and the vampires have been transplanted to Staten Island. The cast is amazing and special shout out to one of them called uh, Matt Berry, that's the actor's name, who plays a character called Laszlo. You might recognize him as the boss from the IT crowd, which is a iconic UK TV series. Anyway, the humor is very similar to that. It's kind of like old-timey Europeans which don't fit into modern America and taken to the nth degree. I thought it wouldn't work, but it really does, and it's so funny. I strongly recommend it. Plus, episodes are like 20 minutes each, so it's perfect to binge, and it's perfect to watch between like other activities. So, very strong recommendation there. 
And is that by the same creators as Our Flag Means Death? Yes. So it's by Jermaine Clement. He was in the original movie. He's done loads of stuff. I don't know if you know the TV series Flight of the Concords. Yeah, of course. Yeah, and he's done other things as well. And then the man of the moment, uh, Taika Waititi, who recently directed the Thor movies. He's done a few indie things. Jojo Rabbit is a relatively sort of artsy film he's done, which has been very successful. And he also acts a couple of episodes, reprising his old role. And I think he's credited as one of the creators of the series. Very much that same sort of offbeat, quirky New Zealander sense of humor. I actually ended up watching that show based on your guys' recommendations. So for the similarity to that show, I'm going to give you three points for this, Des. Nice one, Jay. So this is completely unfair. (laughs) (laughs) All right, I'm going to recommend you one show. So I know how much you love high school and how much you love drugs. So (laughs) (laughs) you got one of those, right? (laughs) But don't tell us which one. (laughs) So I recommend Euphoria. So it's I guess it's one of the most hyped series currently with uh, starring Zendaya and a bunch of other people that I don't know their names. Yeah, it follows the story of Rue, the character played by Zendaya as she tries to recover from um, drug addiction and all taking place in her last couple of years of high school where a lot of stuff happens and there's a lot of very twisted characters and uh, things happen let's say i can't give too much away okay that's not a great answer i think he deserves like minus points I haven't seen the show, but I'm intrigued. Um, I will give you a point for the recommendation, though, Marco. And speaking of teens, that leads us right into our next question, actually. So, you know what? I'll give you two points, Marco. You teed that up perfectly. I set it up for you. In my book, that's worth more than two. But sure, Jay, you're the host. (laughs) Are you questioning how he keeps score, Marco? (laughs) (laughs) How could you? Disgraceful. Can you give yellow cards and like red cards? <laughs> this would be the, the first time someone would be ejected from Des versus Marco. <laughs> On the episode. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, let's hope that doesn't happen, but there's a real risk here, Marco. So keep it together. All right. <laughs> Sorry, Jay. You're right, Jay. All right. To the question. So this summer, mostly male teens wearing suits have descended into theaters to watch this film. Currently the fourth highest grossing film of the year, bringing in $800 million. Their disruptive antics have been widely documented on TikTok, prompting some theaters to ban suit-wearing moviegoers. (laughs) What is the movie they're going to see? Minions, Rise of Gru. Ding, 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 ding. That is correct. Des again. But I can't remember why they wear suits. I think it has some to, something to do with like a play on words like gentle minions. Yes, that was it. And then like, uh, as you said, they start doing minion like antics in their suits in the cinemas. Have you guys, uh, have you guys seen the movie? I just watched it a few days ago. It's actually really good. It's an evolution of the previous Despicable Me movies, etc., etc. Just nails the balance between like the idiocy of those little minions and like a, a pretty family friendly cute storyline so no it's, it's it's a good watch what do you guys think of the current influence something like tiktok has over box office sales 
I don't know. I mean, this is not new, though, is it? I remember uh, one of the actresses in one of the X-Men movies, the one who was also um, in Game of Thrones, one, the Sansa Stark. She admitted that she got the role for the X-Men movie, I think Days of Future Past or one of them, because of the fact that she had more Instagram followers than the other actresses who had gone for the same role. So it's nothing new, really, that social media is influencing the box office and hiring decisions and casting decisions, I should say. It's here to stay. It's not going away. I mean, we have to just live with it. Marco, opinions? More than the influence of TikTok on box office, I'm interested in seeing the influence of TikTok in general, as in now we're seeing Facebook sort of panicking because of the rise of TikTok and essentially trying to turn Instagram into a short form video platform just to combat TikTok which I think really misses the point because Instagram is something different and it's meant to be for pictures. And it's really boring to see videos on it, or at least I don't particularly love that. And that's why I don't have TikTok. But um, yeah, it seems to be huge these days. It really has an influence. Actually, I was reading an article the other day about, do you know what the, the millennial pause is? No. Basically, it's when millennials, which are now old, by the way, because Gen Z are the new kids on the block. So it's a, a term created by Gen Z to refer to the time when millennials are recording themselves and they take that extra second between when they press record and when they actually start speaking just to see if the app is recording. While Gen Z people are more, they trust the technology that like, the second they push record, they start talking. So there's not that like one or two second pause. And that's the millennial pause. I thought maybe you were going to say it was like millennials taking a break from Instagram or something. But how would those Gen Z kids feel about how we started this podcast? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, today was a bit of a disaster. But um... by the way, we're recording this and we've got a massive echo because we can't set this up correctly. But hopefully it will work. Just uh, one last follow up on this trend. I, I also saw that Cineworld, which is one of the, I think it's the second largest movie theater chain in the world. They just announced that they're probably going to have to file for bankruptcy. Do you think things like TikTok or Gen Z can help revive theaters or have streaming services just completely done them in? Are they just doomed? I read that and I was super interested in it. The thing which shocked me is at what point does a business realize it's not viable? The amount of debt Cineworld has is over a billion dollars. Like, how do you reach that position? I understand maybe a couple of million here and there, but at what point do you be like, hey guys, we owe over the GDP of pretty much a small nation. How are we going to recover this? Like, what, how do you reach that point? I think streaming has put a lot of pressure on cinemas. But I think the experience has to evolve. I think the traditional business model needs refining. And times are tough. We all talk about this cost of living crisis. I've been complaining for years now that sometimes going to a movie is like taking out a mini loan. By the time you've bought the popcorn and the, and the movie costs like 20 bucks. And it's not the experience it used to be. Marco? It, you guys read oh sorry jesus man like you don't give me any points you interrupt me when i'm about to speak <laughs> <laughs> i feel like this episode is a bit biased against me you know what just for assuming bias that's minus one marco <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i don't know going to the cinema still i feel is still a lot of fun but at the same time if a movie is out on the cinema and on a streaming platform that i have 
then I'm probably not going to go to the cinema. So speaking of going to the cinema, two of the top five highest grossing video game film adaptations of all time were released this year. Both had worldwide gross of just over 400 million. Either of you guys, can you name the films? Is one of them Uncharted? One of them is Uncharted. Okay. Oh, sorry. We're talking about movies that come from video games. Yes. That's right. Yeah. Uh, okay. Sonic? That's right. Yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog 2. 2. He wasn't specific. I think that's a minus point. Arguing with the ref, minus points for devs. <laughs> So, did you guys see either of these movies? I've seen the Sonic one. I haven't seen Uncharted yet. No, I haven't seen either. Are either of them on streaming services? Going back to the question before. (laughs) (laughs) I I actually just watched Uncharted on Netflix. It's available here. Is it any good? Uh, It's not really good. It's entertaining. I wouldn't say it's a good movie, if that makes any sense. Okay, interesting. As long as it's fun, I think that'll be okay. I mean, I don't think anybody yeah. goes into these movies expecting a Oscar experience. They did get a few big name actors in there, but what do you guys think? Is it important for movie adaptations of video games to be faithful to the original game? I think they should be faithful to the spirit of those games, but not strictly like-for-like storyline copying. And it very much depends on the game itself, as in... Uncharted, I don't know if you guys have played any of the games. They are very cinematic, but at the same time, the story is very simple and it's not that compelling. Like, I don't think that game would make a particularly good movie. Actually, I don't know if you guys saw the that recently HBO released a new like a trailer or an advertisement for their upcoming series and they showed the first footage of The Last of Us, and that's that you know the series that I'm really looking forward to. And The Last of Us, the video game, is made by the same studio house as Uncharted. And I think that's a game that has such a good story that would make an excellent series. But in general, I don't think um, video games make for good uh, content or like good movie or good series. Des, are there any games that you'd like to see turned into a movie? Tetris. Oh, God. <laughs> What would the plot of that movie be, Marco? <laughs> well, there's these blocks from space, and they're, they're slowly coming, and you gotta line them up, and you gotta have like a hero. I'm, I'm thinking, I don't know what's who, who's really popular right these days. Tom Holland, The Rock. Yes, <laughs> Tetris featuring The Rock. Perfect. <laughs> Do you guys remember that movie with Adam Sandler? Was it Pixel or something like that? That was essentially what Marco described. And I remember there's a scene with some blocks coming from space and they're trying to build something. But every time they hit five in a row, the blocks would disappear. (laughs) It was like so stupid. But no, terrible movie. Don't watch it. Okay, we've got one last question in this round. This one, we're going to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So in so-called phase four of this Marvel Cinematic Universe. This was the the first phase to include television series. Started in 2021 with the premiere of WandaVision, which I know you guys talked about on the show. And the eighth TV show was just released this last week on Disney+. Plus. What is this show? She-Hulk. She-Hulk. Marco got it by a fraction of a second, I think. A thousand points. (laughs) 
Have you seen it or you're interested in seeing it? Um, I've heard mixed things about it. I will hang fire before passing an opinion. I'll think I'll let the season mature for a little bit to see whether it's worth it. No, I don't know anything about it, so <laughs> I just know that it's out. So it's called She-Hulk Attorney at Law. Yeah, yeah, and she's like, um, she was on some articles because she's like a thirty-something single woman, so thirty-something single women really relate to that, I guess. All right, let's just move on from this one. I think. <laughs> Are you guys ready to tally up the scores for the movie section here? Yes, yes, yes. Please, please. Okay, hold on. Give me one second. Oh, I'm getting excited here. We need a drum roll. Hey, don't don't interrupt the ref, please. <laughs> All right, we've got Dez scored seven points this round, and Marco got minus point <laughs> nine points this round. Whoa! Actually, we've come to a tie game at eleven to eleven points total. Marco made a big comeback there with his um, a couple good points he made about the uh, HBO series Last of Us and the joke about Tetris featuring the Rock. <laughs> <laughs> and the segue. And and Des, you lost a couple points in there for hating TikTok and arguing with me. Ah, oh, damn it! Sorry, I apologize. <laughs> all right so round three the final round that we've got today is called wild card i I tried to put in a few different topics that i know you guys enjoy the first question is a few weeks ago this major game publisher accidentally listed one of its flagship games on the indian epic game store for the equivalent of six cents instead of the intended $99.99. It quickly fixed the mistake, but will nevertheless honor the purchases made at the nearly 100% discount. Do you know the game? Or do you, sorry, do you know the publisher? Was it EA and FIFA 23? That's exactly right, Marco. No. That's a, that's a double pointer there, Marco, for getting both. I begrudgingly agree. <laughs> It's the FIFA 23 Ultimate Edition. They accidentally listed it for six cents. A bunch of people snapped it up and they're going to let them honor that price. Yeah, I read an article that, yeah, there's basically they're going to honor the price for those people. I know it's the last year before FIFA switches to EA Sports FC. They didn't want to pay the $250 million price tag or whatever it was. Do you think that the FIFA brand matters for for future sales? Like, does it really change the game for you guys? My argument has always been that FIFA, a lot of it is bought by like parents and grandparents and stuff as presents. So if you go to a shop and you see FIFA 24, chances are you'll buy it at least for one year until people tell you to stop buying it. I think that the franchise is splitting from EA, like FIFA and EA have split ways. I think it's going to change soccer games, football games moving forwards. So I think it's a huge event. I think it depends what happens next because and we talked about it a few episodes ago. So EA, they own much of the football slash soccer video game market. I don't think they might lose a lot of share by changing the name of the game itself. But FIFA, the football federation, have announced that they are now free to do deals with other video game publishers. So if there's another game that calls itself FIFA, 
then that might get some of the let's say parents and grandparents to switch sides for their for their like children and nephews and grandkids and stuff did you guys know that this is the first time a female player will grace the cover chelsea star sam kerr and she'll be on the cover with Mbappe. Oh, so they have women's football this time as well? Or is she just on the cover? They've had female football in the last one as well, but like only like the major teams. Yeah. I think national teams, not club level. This one's including club level. Oh, okay, that's cool. Because there's a lot of interest behind women's football nowadays. We had the Euro Cup. And I find it funny that the English women do manage to take it home and the men don't. Also, are we still allowed to say they're part of Europe? How are they competing? UEFA, so the European Football Federation, is very inclusive. So <laughs> according to UEFA, Europe goes from the Faroe Islands all the way to like Israel. So <laughs> Europe is very big according to them. And according to the Eurovision Song Contest, Australia is part of Europe. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty soon, Europe will be the entire world, it seems like. Except for the UK. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, next question. So to celebrate passing 100 million subscribers on his main channel, this YouTuber gave away a private island to one of his subscribers. Mr. Beast! Mr. Only Beast! 20... Mr. Beast! Mr. Beast! <sighs> that is correct, but you've interrupted the no! question, Des. <laughs> Can I try to answer it? <laughs> We're giving Des minus two points here for interrupting. Oh. <laughs> That's as close to a yellow card as you can get, Des. <laughs> I'm expecting like a Mr. Beast turnaround and you'll be like, you've lost two points, but you've got two million dollars. But <laughs> I'll give you your two points back if you can guess how many YouTube channels have more than 100 million subscribers. Oh, God. Um, nine. Three. That's incorrect. I think it was five. I, I gotta check my link again, but I think it was five different channels. But yeah, um, I'm a fan of what Mr. Beast does. He gives a lot of money away to, to people. Do you guys have any other YouTube recommendations lately? I have one. It's a guy called Davey504. He is Italy's number one YouTuber. And he is essentially a bass player who just does bass videos with a, a very dry sense of humor. So shout out to him for being A, Italy's, let's say, most successful YouTuber. And B, for being one of those old school YouTubers, which does like really independent and quirky stuff. You know what, Des? I'll give you your points back for that. <laughs> oh, thank you. Jay, what was the name of that YouTube channel you sent me a few weeks back about that GeoGuessr? I think it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's amazing. I think he goes by Rainbolt or something like that. Yeah. So Jay, a few weeks ago, he sent me like the link to this YouTube channel saying like, check this guy out. And so I discovered this guy's channel as well as geo guessing, which is basically looking at a random point on Google Street View and guessing where it is. And it is insane. People can just have their pin dropped literally anywhere in the world and they'll figure out exactly where they are. And there's competitions about it and who gets the closest wins. It's a whole world that's incredible. It's my guilty pleasure, which I play with like uh, at work when we're doing night shifts, we'll get the crew around and uh, we'll play the game, the GeoGuessr game. You start to get really tactical. Like you look at the colors of the stripes, which side the cars are on, the, the number plates, signposts, the language, the foliage. And it's amazing how much you pick up pretty quick. 
it's a great game. I love it. Yeah, I uh, I started watching some of his videos and I was just blown away at how good he is. And, you know, if you think just like finding the random point on the map is impressive, then he starts doing it just based on like the trees or the dirt yeah. or the thing is pixelated and only shows up for half a second on the screen. It's it's really impressive. And uh, I definitely would recommend checking it out. Are you guys ready for the final question of the wild card round? No, but yes. <laughs> All right. Let's do it. So Oktoberfest in Munich kicks off next month on September 17th after a two-year COVID-inspired hiatus. It's the first time since World War II the festival was canceled, so festival goers are going to be eager to drink a beer. According to the official Oktoberfest homepage, prices of beer have increased about 15% since 2019 when it was last hosted. How many euros will a one liter mug of beer cost you this year? 12. Nine euros 50. Marco was much closer, so Marco wins that point. It says between 1260 and 1380 euro per liter. I remember we went to Oktoberfest and all I remember was just giving 10 euro notes because by the end of it, I couldn't do maths anymore. <laughs> but I think that at the time it was 10 or like when we went, we went in like 2017 or something like that. So yeah, I think it was just under 10. And I remember thinking, well, it's clearly 10 and the rest is a tip. That's why I went low because I thought it was around eight and might have gone up to 950 because, you know, breaking a 10 is it's awkward, you know, above 10, it gets difficult. But maybe we're all contactless nowadays, so it doesn't make a difference. But anyway, I was wrong. Or, or maybe it's uh, giving 15 now instead of 10. Yeah, I think you're I think you're right. So uh, speaking of beer, guys, how would you rate your beers? Marco, how about you? Marco, I can't hear you. Marco, you're muted. Millennial pause. <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, I, I was saying that I, I can hear Des laughing in the background, so I, I can't wait to hear about his beer. But anyway, my sexy New England IPA on the beach is pretty bad. <laughs> it's too fruity. <laughs> it's way too fruity. Again, they have uh, fresh white peaches, zesty oranges, fruity cranberries, creamy vanilla, and it's really not my cup of tea. So I don't like it very much. So I'm going to give it, let's say, a two out of six. What about you, Des? I'm going to describe my beer by setting a scene. Imagine it's a really hot day. The air is sticky. There's just no breeze. You're feeling suffocated and you just want a really crisp, cold beer. So you go to the fridge and you pull out a beer and it's cold. And it tastes of mustard. <laughs> That is my fear. I, again, I'm not entirely sure of the brewery. It's a hoop leaven drinking and it's called the spicy triple and it literally has mustard as an ingredient. Mustard and beer shouldn't mix and they don't mix. So I can't give this a high score. It's a bit disappointing. So yeah, I'd, I'll give it a two out of a six pack. <laughs> you know what, Jake? Des and I are both in Amsterdam at the moment and uh, this morning we woke up we went to an, a really cool craft beer shop so first we told the, the lady there we're, we're like oh you know we have a podcast about beer and she was completely unfazed by that she was like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> and 
we, we were like, so like, we were really sad. So we're not going to give them a shout out. But anyway, we went and like, we spent, I don't know, what was it? Like 20 minutes just looking at beers and like trying to pick the right one for the episode. And they both got a two. <laughs> so what a waste of a day. What a tragedy. But what about your beer, Jay? So just as a reminder, I have the uh, two pitchers brewing Radler. It's a lager with grapefruit and a hint of blood orange. It's actually really good. It's, it's very refreshing. It's definitely the kind of thing you want during the summer. It's not overly fruity. It has a lot of this grapefruit taste to it, but it doesn't block out the, you know, the kind of the beer flavors that you want in it too. So um, I would say this is a four and a half. That's pretty good. Yeah, I was debating between four and four and a half. Are we allowed to give quarter points? You're the judge. You can do what you want. <laughs> I, I'll, I'll stick with four and a half. I, I think it's pretty solid, if you will, Des. Yes, that, that sounds like a good word to use to describe a beer. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, guys, I have the, the final point score here. Are you, are you interested to know? Can we edit in some, uh, like a drum roll? All right, insert drum roll here. All right, the final score for this wild card round is Marco gets seven and a half points, and Dez had only four points, oh. but I gave him four extra points for his ridiculously good review of his mustard <laughs> beer, bringing his total to eight, making uh, uh. Dez the first winner of Dez versus yes. Marco oh. with 19 to 18 and a half points. What? Like half a point. <laughs> wow. Jay, that was a lot of fun. I think we should make this a, a regular on the show. Or at least we had a blast. Maybe we don't get any listens, but we'll see. <laughs> I mean, we don't get any listens anyway, so who cares? I think it was fun for you because you didn't do any of the work, right, Marco? <laughs> I like how you assume that we do any work in the regular episodes, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was pretty easy to just show up and drink a beer. You did have to suffer through the beer, though. It is pretty bad. Yeah. Bad beer day, good quiz day. Well, I had a great time with you guys today. Thanks for having me on the show again. Thank you for hosting. Oh, I, I, I do have one funny story that I, I forgot to tell you guys before. My girlfriend and I got in the car the other day. We were going on a road trip and, uh, you know, like sometimes your phone will connect automatically to the car and like the music will start playing. So the song starts playing. It's the Des and Marco theme song or what I know of, you know, as the Des and Marco theme song. And I'm waiting for the podcast to start, but the song just keeps going and it keeps going. And I'm like, what is this? It turns out it connected to, to my girlfriend's phone and she had the song that was the theme of your podcast. And I was just waiting around for the podcast to start, but the song just kept going and going. I was like, what is this editing guys? Like what's going on? And uh, just, it was just a funny coincidence. Yeah, I found that song on one of these um, music hosting websites. It's used completely above board and legit, but I think a lot of people have used it. So yeah, it's not the first time that's happened and it's been brought to my attention before. Maybe we should get a new theme tune, Marco. But that would mean work. Moving on. <laughs> I, th I think it works. It's just a, it was a funny little coincidence. 
And uh, suffice to say, I was disappointed it, it was the song and not the podcast. Thank you, Jay. I mean, it's a testament to the work that we put into it. <laughs> yeah, the sweat, blood and tears. And <laughs> mustard. <laughs> <laughs> Sweat, blood, tears, and mustard. <laughs> I think those are the four ingredients Germans put in beer, right? <laughs> in everything. In life. <laughs> in BMWs. Alright guys, I hope you guys had as much fun as I did, even if I lost by half a point. It's been a ton of fun. Thank you, Jay, for joining us and for hosting. I hope we can have you on the show soon. And for the rest of you, I'll speak to you next time. See you next time, guys. Sweat, blood, tears, and mustard.